0: Hope you're all well. Heather, don't sit down. I'm going to need your beautiful assistance for one minute. We read a a great passage there a moment ago. And I was so glad to be sat next to Heather because she went, Hallelujah! at one point because it was so exciting. I'm talking about both passages today, but mostly to begin with, let's think about that passage in Ephesians. It was incredible. I don't know if you thought about every word that was said, but every word, every sentence had huge power, huge power. And it explains very clearly, in quite a lot of words, who we are in Christ. And that's where we're going to begin today. I've got a t-shirt. Heather, do you chuck my t-shirt on? High quality. See, that's not my usual style. Not your usual style. Yes. Two for three pounds in Tesco's. I don't know what she's put on here. You can see it, I can't. Okay, you wait till the back. This is who we are in Christ. You probably can't read them all, so I'm going to read them out to you. But very clearly, right on the front, we are God's child. Number one, that's what it said in that passage. We belong to God. We are his children. We are his children family. But there's lots of other things that it's written upon here. Loved across the bottom. We are loved. Heather's loved. Not just by us, but by God. There's also other things here. It says God's masterpiece. It says significant. It says holy. Turn around. Turn around. Can you see what's written across her bottom? It says beautiful. I placed that purposely there. We all agree with that. We are beautiful in God's sight. There's other things on here. It says forgiven. It says unique. Heather's very unique. Accepted. Free. Those are just some of the things that that passage we had read to us from Ephesians say that we are. We're all of those things. Give us a nice twirl. Thought so catwork model. Here we go. We're all of those things. That's what that Bible passage said. And isn't that incredible? I think that's really, really exciting. But I've got a question for you. When you woke up this morning and stood in front of the bathroom mirror, did you feel like God's masterpiece? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, you did, brilliant, Nancy did. You did, both, lovely. Girls, when you go shopping, which I'm sure some of you do, And you stand in a new pair of jeans and turn around and look in the mirror. Do you think beautiful? (coughs) Yes, (laughs) brilliant, says the man. Men, when you are passed over for that promotion, perhaps again, do you feel significant? These are all the things the Bible says we are in Christ, and we've thought a lot about that over the past few weeks, but today we're going to think a little bit about something else, and I've got a different t-shirt that, unfortunately, Heather won't enjoy wearing quite so much. No, keep that one on for me. Dump that one over the top, and that one goes at the back. What? Which goes which at the back? That side. Okay. She didn't warn me about this. Mm. Probably best not to, I thought. This is a different T-shirt. And I wonder whether you can relate to some of these words here. We've got alone, rejected, useless, smelly. Just thought I'd put that under the armpit. (laughs) (laughs) Unlovable instead of lovable. Too quiet, too loud, stupid. Turn around, you're not going to like this one. Ugly, worthless, fat, too pretty. Yeah, that's, that's my one. These are all things that perhaps you can relate to. They're just laughing at you, don't worry. Turn around again. Hello. There's our family photos. For some reason they've kicked in. I'm talking too slowly, I believe. (laughs) Yell if it does again, right? I dread to think what might come up. Right. These are all things that perhaps we can relate to quite well. And they do something that the T-shirt shows us quite well. They cover up all of the things that God says about us. Can you see the fact that Heather is loved through that T-shirt? No, because unlovable is written across there. Beautiful. We're all beautiful, says the Bible. But the T-shirt's covering that up because we believe somehow, through some way, that we are not beautiful. We are unlovable. We are useless. We are alone. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today. Heather, thank you very much. Keep the T-shirt on. I'll need you later. Beautiful. Give her a round of applause. But think for a moment. What is the most horrible thing someone has ever said to you. I'm not going to ask you to share with anyone else. Just think for a moment. What's the most horrible thing that someone has said to you? There's all kinds of things in our lives that have been said about us, most of which are not true. We're all that first t shirt. That's what the Bible says. We are loved, fearfully and wonderfully made, God's masterpiece, unique. We are not what the second t-shirt says but most of our lives we walk around believing what the second t-shirt says rather than the first t-shirt and in fact that covers up everything about who we are in Christ so instead of believing we are completely loved we believe that we are unlovable and that's what the first reading in Corinthians was all about it says they're called strongholds this is a, a definition of a stronghold a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept an unchangeable situation that we know are contrary to the will of God. That's what that t-shirt demonstration showed us. We're believing the things that are on the outside the outside t-shirt rather than the things that are on the inside t-shirt. When I was uh, growing up, I was slightly fatter than most people in my year group. I know that's hard to believe with my beautiful figure now. But I was. I was rubbish at sport. I was always the last person chosen in netball. And from a very early age, uh, I was probably feeling, because of the way other people related to me, that I was overweight. I was not. But lots of people told me I was. I believed that. That was ingrained in me. I believed I was overweight. That's one of those mindsets that are filled with hopelessness. Because instead of seeing myself in the way that God had made me, I saw myself in the way that others told me I should be. And just in case I forget to say this a bit later on, I know I'm beautiful, so it's okay. Thank you. Neil Anderson puts it a bit more like this. He says, strongholds are mental habit patterns of thought that are not consistent with God's word. There are all those things we believe that just don't match with what God says about who we are. And the thing is, God doesn't want us to believe those things. He wants us to believe who we really are. Ah, oh, he wants us to believe the truth. He wants us to be able to walk in the freedom he has given us. But all these strongholds, all these things hide the truth. God is longing for us to not wear the outside T-shirt, but to live in freedom, walking in the other T-shirt. This is another example in cheesy cartoon Tap. You're always the pretty one in class. You thought I was pretty, but you always ignored me. You weren't ignoring you. We were just too intimidated to speak to you. I spent 50 years struggling with low self-esteem because I thought you were ignoring me. Isn't that silly? I think a lot of us are like this person. Our entire personality, our everything that we are, has been shaped, formed about who we are in wrong information. These things the Bible calls strongholds. So, how are they established? How, how are these things, we believe, these strongholds, established? Well, the first way is through our environment. Through our environment, through our family, through our community, through school, through our friends. When we're born, a baby is educated in all kinds of different ways. My nephew recently tried to climb through the cat flap of his uh, house and got stuck for half an hour. Um, he learned very quickly that cat flaps are for cats, not for babies. We learn all kinds of things in those early years about who we are and the environment that we live. Who can remember their first day at school? I loved it. I loved it. That's not the experience for some people. Missing parents, struggling with all these new people being away from home. Our communities that we live in, the friends that we form, the education we receive, our first jobs, interviews, all these things in our environment teach us things, but not always teach us positive things. Our family and community can make a huge difference in our patterns of behaviour. have a, a story about a, a family and uh, how they grew up. There's a family of three boys. The father has a problem, he is an alcoholic, and continues uh, to be domestically violent towards the children. When the father comes home drunk, these three boys develop different ways of coping. The eldest one feels that he's the boss, he should stand up to his dad. And so he always fights with his dad, Lay one hand on me and you'll regret it. The middle one accommodates, as middle ones often do. Dad, can I get you something, a glass of water, another whiskey? The third one runs. He hides in a wardrobe. Twenty years later, the father's long gone. How do you think those three boys react to situations as adults? When they're confronted with a hostile situation, how do you think they respond Of course, the eldest one fights. The middle one tries to accommodate. The youngest one will run away. The environment that we live in and grow up in can really, really help these strongholds become established. But the second one, not a happy subject, is traumatic experiences that we go through. It's not necessarily the experience, but it's the lies that we believe as a result. Traumatic experiences can uh, set up strongholds because they're really, really intense times. You you know, if somebody close to you dies, you go through a divorce, they're really hard times. I'm going to talk a little bit about this later on uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But traumatic experiences can make these strongholds really take hold. For example, if you're in an abusive relationship, it can lead to the, abuse believe, uh, the abused being leaving the lies that they're helpless, that they're useless, that they're a victim. None of these things are true about that person, but they believe that they are, and they shape not only the present, but the future, their personality, how they cope with life. A mental stronghold is a lie based on a past experience, and I've got good news This week, we've seen, because we're privileged, lots of people not believing those lies anymore, but believing what Christ has to say about who we are. This very week, God has brought freedom to some people, and that is really exciting, because they've stopped believing those past lies, those things that they learnt about themselves in traumatic experiences, and they've started to believe who Christ really is. The problem with uh, strongholds is if what you believe does not reflect truth, then what you feel will not reflect reality. You will feel rejected when you're not being rejected. It's how we view life. final thing about establishing strongholds, there's a few others, but just three here, is temptation now. I am the queen of talking about this because of my chocolate addiction. So here we go. Every temptation that we face is an attempt to get you to live a life that is not reliant on God. I'll say that again. Every temptation we face is an attempt for us to live a life that's not relying on God. Temptations come in all different kinds of places. But ultimately, the Bible tells us very clearly that Satan is a tempter. We're going to think a lot more about this next week. And the thing about Satan is that he has observed us for many years. He has seen the battle I face in co-op in the chocolate aisle for many years. Your temptations will be unique to you. We're all vulnerable in different places the Bible says this, that temptation is a tempt for us to live independently of God, but God always provides an escape route. This is what the Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way so that you can stand up under it okay cheesy cartoon time again I'd like you to think in your heads what point does God provide an escape route in this sequence what point does God provide an escape route I'll take a drive but I won't go near the supermarket I'll drive past the supermarket but I won't go in I'll go into the supermarket, but I won't go to the biscuit section. I'll look, but I won't touch. I'll touch, but I won't buy. I'll buy, but I won't open. Is this relating to anyone else? (laughs) Open, but not smell. Smell, but not touch. Touch, but not taste. Taste, but not eat. What's going to happen? Maybe my family photos should come up now. There's quite a few of me stuff in my face. At what point do you think God gave an escape route? Anyone? What was that, Pauline? Brilliant. Right at the beginning. It's kind of a trick question, really, because it was this, probably the slide before, the one that you saw. The way of escape was right before the first frame, before she even started thinking that she could go into that supermarket. God always provides an escape, but often we don't recognise it. Often it's right at the beginning. When temptation comes into your mind at first point, that's when we need to say no. Neil Anderson calls this a threshold thinking. The reading we had in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that we need to take every thought captive to break the strongholds that we face every day. That we need to take every thought that comes into our mind captive and say, God, help me, is this true or not? Is this true or not? On a more serious note than chocolate eating, I guess uh, we all face different kinds of temptation. Some of us might struggle with things like pornography. Here's an example. You've gone to a meeting and you realise you don't have any milk for your cereal tomorrow morning. There's two places you could go, a corner shop or a petrol station that not only sells milk but pornography. Which one should you go to? Your chance to make the right choice comes right At the beginning. As soon as you decide to go to the garage, not the corner shop, then you are on a slippery slope. Take every thought captive. That's what the Bible says. But if you start not doing that, then it's very hard to break the temptation that comes before you. God does give us a way of escape, but we need to look for it. Sometimes our uh, minds are a little bit like this might just be me, but they're like an airport, there's loads of stuff going through it, all the kind of things about everyday life, and then all the kinds of stuff about how we see life, and how we assimilate things, and how we cope with life, I like this, we need to be air traffic controllers, a lot of thoughts in our mind ask permission to land, I'd like permission to land please. But we have complete control over which ones we let land and which ones we turn away. We have a decision to make right at the outset. The moment we give in to a tempting thought, we, get, we say, you've got permission to land, the chances of you being able to turn it away reduce significantly. Take every thought captive and place it before God. A question for you. Um, Has it ever felt for you like there's no way out of temptation? And how do you think you can prepare yourself for the future temptation? Just a thought. So, lots of things that we've said already. Strongholds are the lies that we believe about ourselves that are contrary to what God's word says. And there are lots of ways that strongholds can take hold in our life, including the uh, way uh, that we are brought up and the environment we live in, including the way we respond to traumatic experiences and about how we face temptation. The biggest lie that temptation leaves us with is that we're a failure because we couldn't face and stand against that temptation. But that's not what God wants us to know. He wants us to know that we are forgiven and accepted. So how on earth... Can we see these strongholds in a different way? Well, we need to realise how they affect us. And the first way they affect us is they affect our view of reality. They make us see the world in slightly different ways because we're always looking at the world through a different lens. Things become not what we know to be true, but how we feel they should be. But that's not what the Bible wants us to do. Some great passages here, Isaiah 55 verse 9, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God really knows better than we do. How many times this week have you thought you might know a little bit better than God? God knows more than we do. And his view on reality is a lot clearer than our view on reality. He knows what reality really is. And therefore, we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. It was interesting. We prayed this uh, in the uh, vestry beforehand. We're not going to lean on our own understanding because it's false. We're always tempted to do that and try to live in a way that we think God wants us to. But actually, we need to know the reality that God wants us to live the strongholds also affect our choices, our choices, how we live. If we are trying to make decisions, how do we make them? Do we make them in the light of what God says about who we are and the way we should live? Or do we make them in the light of how we perceive life? Strongholds often push us to make bad choices because they're always based on false information. A stronghold will predispose us to ignore the danger signs that God has given us and think we know better. And often that leads us to make really bad decisions. Every day we have an opportunity, an opportunity to live the way that God wants us to. But often we ignore that because of the way and the uh, the way the strongholds have taken. So what the heck do we do about them? If they're affecting our view of reality and our choices, what can we do about them? We need to recognise the danger points. And let's uh, think about that passage that we uh, just heard. It says, For although we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that has set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The world that we live in is waging war at us. And usually it's our own strongholds that are actually waging war at us. And the Bible gives us a few clear ways on how we can sort this out. If you are computer-minded, you will love this next illustration. Who has a virus scan on their computer? Good. Well done. I would like to receive emails from you. Well done. The first thing we need to do is we need to check for viruses. We need to check for viruses. When my computer starts up, that's the first thing it does. It downloads the updates, finds out what viruses there are, and it checks on that computer that there is no computer viruses that are going to corrupt anything. We too need to do that. We need to find out what all those causes are of those strongholds. We need to lay ourselves before God saying, I am yours, I understand that, I don't always feel that. I want you to help me understand what strongholds are in my life and I need your Holy Spirit to help me to bring those before you and to see life in a different way. The Holy Spirit does that. He helps us to realise that perhaps the way we think about ourselves or think about a situation, the lies that we believe, (coughs) excuse me, what things have happened to us, he helps us understand that they don't have to shape us in the way that they have been. There's more on this a, a bit later on, and especially on the day away that we're going to have on the 10th of November. But the Holy Spirit helps us to check for viruses, to understand why these strongholds have taken hold of us, and to understand what they are, because sometimes they're so inbuilt we don't see them ourselves. But then this is something that we can all do, uh, this next one. We need to reprogram your mind. Once you've checked for viruses, it's important that we live in the way that we believe is true, rather than often how we feel or believe in lies. We need to reprogram our mind. So instead of believing that we are fat, we have to believe that we are God's workmanship, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And there are lots of points first thing in the morning when I'm looking in the mirror and my hair's sticking up, I have to say to myself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We need to reprogram our minds. That might mean dealing with some habits. That might mean uh, <clears throat> actually having to face some things that are, that are always been temptations for us. And sometimes these things actually bring pleasure. Uh, but we have to give them up. We have to ask for God to help us and allow our minds to be programmed and transformed. Finally, though, we need to take every thought captive. We've said that a lot throughout today. When we're tempted to believe a lie, we need to confront it with the truth. When we're tempted to believe, I am unloved, we need to say, I am loved by the King of Kings. When we're tempted to be angry, we need to say, God, fill me with peace. Peace. When we're tempted to have that another drink or turn that computer on to look at something we shouldn't be looking, we need to ask for God's help in that moment. When we're tempted to believe that we're stupid, that we can't do something, we need to recognise we're created in the image of a creative, loving God who's given us gifts beyond we can imagine. The reality is we've all got strongholds in our lives. And I'm going to ask Heather just to come up again for one minute. We've all got these things. Me, you, everybody. There's all these things that perhaps uh, some of them we relate to very, very well. But what God wants us to do through checking for viruses, dealing with why they're there, through reprogramming our minds and helping us to take every captive thought, he wants us to get rid of the outside T-shirt. If you could just take that off. Thank you. And he wants us to believe these things this is the way we were created. This is who you really are. Are we going to believe those things or the other things? Because if we start believing the truth of God, the truth of his word, our lives are very, very different. We're going to just pray together. Thanks, Heather. And if the worship group could just come up. Let's just uh, have a moment of silence and just ask God to let some of this settle in our minds.